Praise the Lord, everybody, on today. This is Minister Anthony Bonner of Truth Turned Up Ministries. We pray that all is well in the lives of all of the hearers of this word that is about to go forth on today. On today, we're going to share a message in titled, Away in Your Wilderness. Away in Your Wilderness, out of the book of Isaiah, in the 43rd chapter. Let us open with prayer, since we have not come together in quite some time, and I'm sure that in the time that has elapsed, the enemy has been busy, but nonetheless, your God still sits on the throne, all is well, and you are more than a conqueror. We just need to continue to renew in our mind, continuing to steadfastly chase after the Lord, to bind his word around our neck, to write it upon the tablets of our heart, and have our feet firmly planted in the shoes of peace that we may stand and withstand all of the wiles of the enemy because he is surely, certainly defeated in Jesus' name. Dear God, O oh Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for another opportunity to fellowship, O oh Heavenly Father, to boldly come before your throne of grace, to open up your word, O oh Heavenly Father, to send forth the word, O oh Heavenly Father, to your people, the ones you've chosen, the one you've ordained, the one that you've empowered to follow after you, to seek after you, to serve you, O Heavenly Father, and to be vessels, O Heavenly Father, that your glory might show forth in a land, O Heavenly Father, that knows you not, O Heavenly Father, that seeks you not, that honors you not. But we just thank you, O Heavenly Father, that we're counted in a number of those as your sons and your daughters. Bless this word. Let it be nourishment to souls, O Heavenly Father, and water to those that are thirsty. In Jesus' name, we receive it. Amen. A way in your wilderness. We know the wilderness is defined as a place that is desolate, a place that is without growth, without production, without life, basically. Anything that survives in the wilderness does so only at the divine uh, order uh, of God, because there is no water. There's no food. Uh, there's no shelter or place to rest from the elements, the dust, the sun, the wind, the sand, whatever it may be, things are parched, things are lifeless out there. So this can be translated to a life that is separated or disconnected from the will of God, a life that is independent, a life that tries to do things on its own, a life that leans towards its own understanding, a life that is bound in sin, a life that has been uh, allowed to slip off track or intentionally get off track, that life is in a wilderness because it is in the dark, spiritual darkness. It has no light. It has no connection to the one who can water their thirsting land. So in Isaiah chapter 43, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to read verses 1, 2, and 3, and then we'll expound on them a little bit, and prayerfully someone will get some revelation, and someone will be encouraged, and we can go on about our day and have our daily bread for today in order to withstand the enemy today. The Bible tells us to resist not the evil. You know, don't even resist it because your God has already made a way of escape for you. So the evil is not to destroy you or anything that's coming your way right now. It's really just to show you how in undefeatable your God is and how tough you are when you're in him that you can stand and again withstand all the wiles of the enemy because he's a liar he's a thief he comes to only steal kill and destroy he comes to 
blur your image of who God says you are and who God truly is to you. But if you're not firmly planted in the word of God, like a tree planted by the rivers of water, then you will stray. You will wander into the wilderness. You will uh, 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 give up your inheritance uh, to the enemy, not knowing that all is yours because your heavenly father sent Jesus Christ into the world to die, to sacrifice himself so that you might win and win big and win all of the time. So in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1, it says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. How awesome that God is talking to the children of Israel. He's letting them know that I, I, I created you. You didn't just happen to come about. You know, out of all the nations of the world, I created you. Oh, Jacob, the tribe of Jacob, the children of Jacob, who's one of our forefathers. You got Abraham, you got Isaac, hallelujah. You got Jacob, and then you got Joseph. So he's one of our founding fathers, one of the fathers of faith, one of those that God called out and used greatly. The Bible says that he was a deceiver, but actually he was not necessarily a deceiver. He was created by God to do exactly what he did in the manner in which he did it. He was a selected, hand-picked, chosen vessel before the foundations of the earth, walking only in paths that he could have walked in because they were intentionally and specifically picked out for him. Now place yourself in Jacob's shoes. You too, set in time by he who is over time. Hallelujah. You were born exactly when you were supposed to have been born. You were put in the city you were put in, the state you were put in. You're the exact height you were ordained to be. You are the race you were ordained to be. Your eye color, your fingerprints, your DNA, your voice, your hair, your stature, everything was specifically assigned and given to you and for you because just like Jacob, he created you and he created you for himself, not for the world. You were created for God's glory. Don't you ever forget it. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get frustrated if things are not going the way you want them to or you think they should or the world says they should be or your family believes they should be. You were created for God's glory. That's why you cannot stray in the wilderness because it will destroy you. It will distract you. It will rob you of your God-given potential and the inheritance that has been set aside specifically for you in such a time as this. The verse goes on to say, he that formed thee, O Israel, he made them by hand. He shaped them through a series of steps, a series of processes. He formed them. When something is formed, it is not instantaneously given existence. It comes to into being through a series of steps or processes. So he formed Israel over those 430 years that they were in slavery. He was shaping their mind. He was revealing them, himself to them. He was breaking their will. Hallelujah. He was breaking down the walls of idolatry that had encamped their hearts and that had darkened their minds. He goes on to say, fear not. 
We know that the Bible tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you can only have a sound mind as you stay planted in the place and the position that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has allowed you to do well. He says, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. God has redeemed all of mankind. He's given the invitation to every man, woman, and child to ever grace the earth to come back into a perfect union with him. But the choice is ours. He set before us life and death, blessings and curses, and he chose us to choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. The choice is bigger than you. Can I say that again? The choice is bigger than you. Because the choice you make will determine whether or not you make it into the promised land, which is prosperous and well-watered and green and flourishing with everything you need to not only survive, but to flourish and to be the head and not the tail. But if you linger, if you delay, if you procrastinate, if you go astray, then you wander into the wilderness and you take your family right there with you into the wilderness where there's no love in the home. There's no peace. There's no prosperity. Your children are not covered. Your wife is not covered. Hallelujah. The things that Jesus Christ died for that has been afforded to you are neglected and they are uh, stolen by the enemy because you've wandered out of your position because you've been beguiled like Eve was. You walk by sight and not by faith. You have not ears to hear as God has ordained us to have ears to hear. Let he who have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. You are the church. Hallelujah. Not the building. You are the church. Your soul. It is the dwelling place of God. The candle, the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Hallelujah. God has lit your soul on fire for him, or at least he desires to light your soul on fire for him so that you will dwell in this place. He says, I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. You've been bought with a price. My brothers and sisters, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. He calls you by name. It says in the gospel that God knows every hair that is on your head, that they're all numbered. He says that two sparrows cost a farthing and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your heavenly father knowing it. Hallelujah. If God knows every hair that's on your head and he knows that the sparrows, how much they cost and not one of them are going to fall to the ground throughout the whole world, throughout eternity, without him knowing it, then why do you worry? Why do you fear? Why do you cower in the face of circumstances that are only sent so that you can experience the miraculous delivering power of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Why back up? Why bow down in the mighty name of Jesus? Hallelujah. He goes on to say that when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God is showing you his awesome, unmatched, undeniable power over all circumstances, over all situations, over any enemy that tries to come against you. He says you're going to pass through the waters and he's given us reference to the Red Sea when he led them through the flood, when he split it and they crossed over on dry ground and they looked to the left and looked to the right and all they saw was miles of stilled ocean water. 
that could not overtake them. God says, when you pass through, he's telling you you're going to the other side, that all is well. He says, I will be with you. You do not have to fear any situation that is going to come against you that man has ordained to take you out. I will be with you. And he says, and through the rivers, the rivers are a lot shallower than the, than, 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 the, than the deep waters, but yet they're still powerful because you can get caught up in the current of the rivers and be taken away. And God is saying that those will not overtake you either, that those two shall not bother you. He says, they shall not overflow thee, that all is going to be well, that you're going to make it to the end of the journey, to the place that I've ordained for your life that you may not even know yet. You're going to make it. He says, when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. You're going to walk through fire, my brothers and sisters. You're going to come out like the three Hebrew boys without even the smell of smoke in the name of Jesus, that nothing can touch you or destroy you. And he says, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, meaning it's not going to rise up, oh, Heavenly Father. It's not going to blaze upon you, that nothing is going to uh, 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 hurt you in that manner. We know that fire destroys things. It obliterates it. It wipes it out as if it was never even there and leaves evidence that fire was there by the scorched uh, 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 material that is left behind. But he's saying that that's not going to happen to you. It's not your story. Why is that not your story? Well, because verse 3 sums it all up. He says, for I am the Lord. Thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior, I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for thee. This is God telling you how much he loves you, what price he paid for you, what the cost was for your redemption, for my redemption, that we should always remember that understanding that if he did that, he's going to do everything else. That Isaiah 54 is true. No weapon formed against us can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us, we shall condemn in judgment. Huh? For we are, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and our righteousness is of him. He says, he is the Lord. Thy God is personal. The Holy One of Israel. He's the only one. He says, thy Savior, the one who delivered you. The one who's gotten you out of everything else up to this point. Never forget that. Fear not, my brothers and my sisters. Let this word radiate in your heart and in your mind. Let it make you smile. Let it give you peace, O Heavenly Father. Let it help you straighten your back up and lift your head up and wipe out all traces of fear or doubt or darkness, knowing that the enemy is a liar and a coward, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But your Heavenly Father comes that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Today is Monday. Make Monday the best day of your uh, 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 of your beginning of your week. And every day that follows shall follow the way you start this Monday. If you start in power, you're going to end in power. If you start in peace, your peace shall remain. But if you start the week out in fear and doubting and worrying, you're going to have a long week, my brothers and my sisters. And your Heavenly Father desires that not to be the case for you because you are blessed in Jesus' holy and mighty name and loved by God because he redeemed you for his glory. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.